0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. Today, we are joined by today's guest, who is Ellie King. Um, first of all, it's going to be our first recording for 2022. And I'd like to say a big thank you to our sponsors, BitTitan, who have renewed um, sponsorship for the podcast for the next year. So if you um, ever need to know how to migrate your data from the cloud to, um, well, from your on-premise to, to the cloud in Office 365, give them a look at bittitan.com. Andrew, how's it going?
1: All good, mate, all good. So yeah, new podcast recording for 2022. So yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So let's see how this year pans out because we've got quite a few interesting guests. So to
0: today today release we released the podcast for um Heaven Newman. So if you haven't listened to that yet, go give it a listen. Um but yeah, we've this is our third podcast this the second podcast this week of three. Of so we're we're having a busy, busy week. Definitely. <laughs> anyway, Ellie, how you doing?
2: I'm doing great, thank you for asking, and I just want to say thank you so much for inviting me to the podcast. I've been following your episodes for a long time now and absolutely loving all of the content you're doing. So thank you.
1: Thank you yeah, answer. I mean, obviously I noticed yourself, um, uh, obviously some of the stuff they basically put out in the world, obviously around diversity, quality, inclusion, and obviously I've, I've watched some of your videos. So and that's basically why I reached out because you know you talk to, obviously women in tech is basically what we do. So just basically trying to get an understanding of what, what you do and why you do it and then go forward from there.
2: Mm. Sounds good.
1: So um, first of all, obviously, you know, your name is King. Do you want to tell us a bit about your background and where
2: you come from? Yeah, yeah, of course. So my background is actually tech recruitment, and I've been doing that now for about nine years, and that has gone incredibly fast and throughout my time working in tech recruitment i really come to find a passion for all things diversity equity and inclusion and this is really through seeing a lot of the challenges that clients were having to maintain inclusive cultures to hire diverse to, to hire diversity and also just through a lot of the conversations i was having with individuals and I guess from my own personal experiences as well growing up, it really made me want to strive for better within this space. So much so that it led me to co-found my own business late last year, Equal IT. So a new adventure as a co-founder wearing many different hats which is always very exciting but a decision I'm incredibly happy and proud to have made and we are a mission driven business and we're working to diversify tech teams through refined talent acquisition but we really complement this by providing diversity equity and inclusion consulting as such. So we really believe that DEI is our D and A and for us sharing knowledge and inspiration it's very much our ethos. Community is absolutely key to us. So we um, take great pride in facilitating workshops around confidence, all things career in tech, mentoring with nonprofits and partnerships. So it's been a very busy few months.
1: That sounds wicked. I mean, so like when we started doing this podcast, the whole point of it was to talk to, you know, very much a diverse um, background. And, you know, a lot of the conversations that we've had in 2021, which is which, what it is now, great. You can actually say that. Um, we've, we've learned so much from every single guest that's been on, and it's just been you know, an amazing journey for me and John, um, as obviously men that work within the tech community. And we've said many times over, like you know, in our teams ourselves. I know my team at Fujitsu, we don't have any women working within the you know, the, 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 like the Microsoft architecture team. So you know, it's something that I, I definitely want to change, and you know. I guess I'm thinking that that'd be brilliant. I mean, me and John have spoke afterwards. Like, yeah, we'd hire that person tomorrow. And but you know, we can't do that at the minute. But yeah, it's I'm very much passionate for it, and I know John is as well.
2: Yeah, that's so. Um, yeah. Um, I I think I read somewhere there was a statistic about now worldwide 25% of the tech jobs are by women. And I think that's a crazy statistic if you think about that, like worldwide and thinking about your tech team as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, I've got a question for you. Obviously, as a a tech recruiter, um, we've had this conversation quite a few times. Um, It's like, how do you basically put the wording out there? So it's basically, you know, very inclusive to attract. More women to IT roles Mm because you know, you see job um, articles out there saying like travels like 50% doesn't always work for you know women that are part of a a family and have children. So, how do you, as a tech recruiter, try and modify that wording to make sure it it is correct or even speak to organizations to uh, get that message right?
2: yeah yeah for sure so job descriptions are a big one because there's a statistic as well that women would typically not apply to a role if they weren't 100 percent match or a fit to, to everything that we're asking for whereas guys i think it's around like 50 to 60 percent they'd still apply so it's all about trying to make small changes that can actually make the biggest of difference if you think about it it doesn't seem like a big deal but it really can make an impact so Firstly, I would really recommend like simplifying your criteria. So separating desired skills and experience into nice-to-haves versus must-haves as well. So you're just breaking that down a little bit more and really using gender-neutral language. So a mistake that I see a lot of businesses make is using words such as hiring for a JavaScript ninja or a data science rockstar, right? And although some companies seem to think that that's quite cool, that's quite quirky, it sets them apart, it could actually be having a lot more negative implications on someone for example, like myself, a female, if I saw a job spec that was referring to a rock star, I wouldn't really relate to that. You know, I, I'd kind of, being stereotypical for a minute, think of a dude with long hair and it just, it isn't someone that represents me, right? Yeah. Although, yeah, I guess we all have an inner rock star somewhere, but it It's just thinking about these types of things in these languages and really focusing on performance objectives as well rather than requirements. Because I feel sometimes organizations can have almost like a really big shopping list of all these different technologies, years of experience that's required and a lot of the time, does this person even really exist? You know, is there someone out there who matches absolutely everything that they're asking for? So I feel by like simplifying that a little bit more and just focusing on actually what you're going to be doing, the task at hand, can also help more um, diverse individuals make uh, um, apply to the roles. And... Something that I've seen companies do quite well is at the bottom of their job descriptions, actually putting a statement out there and saying, look, even if you feel you're not a 100% match for this role. We really want you to apply because we're passionate about equal opportunity to everyone in tech. And if you're not right for this job, you might be right for something else in our business. So I think that also just welcomes more people to make applications instead of holding ourselves back and having that imposter syndrome You know that we're not good enough for this because we don't have x, y, z. So there's all of these different things you can do to make a change. And just on the topic of the the travelling aspects as well, I think a lot of companies are adapting to remote working, so I would also put something in there about how you um, how flexible you can be in terms of travel or work, hybrid remote as well, because, this is valid for um, males, females, non-binary, You know, anyone who has children and families. I think it's really important to make it clear in your job posting how flexible you can be to these people.
0: I think that's something so, that's quite, quite um, on the uprising already. Um, my, my brother-in-law yesterday was speaking about he was analysing kind of like LinkedIn jobs and he's saying the amount of jobs that are getting applied for that are remote working or even hybrid working the amount of applicants is so much higher at the moment than just um, ho- office-based um, jobs. Mm. So we're seeing that kind of across the board. So I can, yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how the world has changed in the past two years.
2: Definitely, for sure. Companies are adapting and that's what's great because For some people, remote working, it doesn't work, right? But for some people who have families and they can manage that, it really does. And I think it just opens up your opportunities to hire even more diverse individuals. So I think a lot of companies should be jumping on this if it suits them, if they feel it can be an effective way. And just as long as they're, I guess, maintaining that connectivity when they are working remotely and you do still have that sense of inclusion through virtual team events and different things that you can be doing. I think that's what's really important is not to lose that if you are going to work remotely.
0: So I've got a question for you, as, as Andrew loves to say, <laughs> um, that's that's Andrew's tagline. Uh, yeah. <laughs> And it's a question I've asked, we've asked people previously, is that, um, as Andrew alluded to earlier, it's it's got um, no no women in his department within the technical space at Fujitsu, and um, the same here, actually, within um, CDW UK, there's no, um, there's no um, females in in my team, Um, it's it's all all men. And um, so when we're looking for um, people um, within jobs. What can companies do? What can like hiring ma- managers do and recruitment agents um, agents do better to make sure that the um, that when we set the net out for for people for to recruit people that everyone is is included. Is that just job descriptions or is it? Or what can what can people do better?
2: Yeah. So I would really say that it's the hiring process this is something that should continually be inclusive so if you don't have a woman in your engineering team do you have another woman in the business who is doing great things not specifically working in your team but someone who they can come in speak to them share share and more about your company's mission your journey and almost act as like a role model because as a woman if you know, you can't see it, you can't be it, right? And they want to see that there are other females in the business. So I think that's something that's really important, but I think it goes deeper than that. I think what it really boils down to is your company's brand and what you're doing from a marketing piece to show how you advocate diversity, inclusion, and equity. So that doesn't necessarily have to be just with job descriptions. And obviously if you're a business that, doesn't have women in your team already, What you can do is be um, highlighting how you are passionate about diversity, inclusion and equity and how you're working towards it. So for example, what you're doing with the Microsoft Spotlight podcast, you use a fantastic allies. So could you as a business be doing a short interview series speaking to guys in your team about the importance of having a diverse, inclusive environment and why you feel businesses will thrive in this and how you are really, keen to have more of a diverse team in your business and the reasons why so as women or as other minorities we can watch these videos maybe attached to your job spec and think wow okay guys are serious about this in the business and i want to join that company and be part of that change and that movement
0: and playing oh, devil's oh. advocate playing devil's advocate here as well like why do you how important is that that some people uh, that um that women that look at jobs like this how important is it that that is in place and why is it important that that's in place
2: i think it's important obviously everyone is slightly different some people it isn't necessarily that big of a deal to join a a company where they would be the only female because that's what they've been used to for such a long time but we're moving forwards now. People want to be in part of businesses that are striving for more in terms of culture and wanting inclusive inclusivity, wanting diversity. And you know the studies are there. It, gender diverse companies are fifteen percent more um, better, higher performers from McKinsey, and also inclusive companies they're one point seven times more innovative with uh, inclusion. And this is from Deloitte. So people are understanding more the benefits of this. And I think that they want to join companies that are just working towards that mission and, and doing something good.
1: I'm a first parent to the works. What about neurodiversity? Because you look at job specs and you see a particular sentence like, um, you know, great, excellent communication skills. Well, someone with dyslexia, who may be very qualified for that role, you will know, see that particular line and be put off from applying for that role.
2: Mm-hmm. I think it's really again like boils down again to that language that you use so if you want to be inclusive and again This is a broad spectrum. It's not just gender. I'm talking a lot about women right now because we're shining the spotlight through this podcast. But when it comes to neurodiversity as well, if you're an inclusive business, make people aware of that in your job specs. Actually have a section highlighting how you can provide a great environment for neurodiverse individuals, how maybe you have an internal support group with other neurodiverse employees um, and really make it clear that From a communication perspective keep that quite open just focus more on things like passion ambition grit ability to share ideas i think that's really important to try and cater to everyone in terms of diversity it isn't easy it is quite difficult to do and i think that's why a lot of companies have these challenges but there are tools out there that you can take advantage of so there's something called develop diverse and this is in copenhagen a business and what they effectively allow businesses to do if you're a client of theirs is they make sure that all of the language that you have content wise across your websites, your job specs everything is inclusive and that's not just from a gender perspective. So there's certainly tools as well that companies can take advantage of that can help to better assist them.
1: So um, I'm gonna dive obviously right back to the very beginning. Obviously you mentioned that um, your past experiences Around diversity, made to basically head down the path that you're currently doing there. So we're going to talk about very early on in your career. Then I know one one of the things obviously we had a brief chat about before the actual recording is obviously that you you used to play for the Arsenal Ladies uh, Youth Team.
2: Yes, yeah, I did. So that feels like a lifetime ago now. I'm very much retired and hung up my football boots now. But (laughs) uh, yeah, I I played football for a long time, um, a really long time, and. Just kind of reflecting a while back about where I guess my passion for diversity, equity, and inclusion stem from. It's it, I guess goes further than just being in recruitment. So playing football as a, at a younger age and um, you know very male dominated. And to be honest, women's football was not what it is today. Now it, it's flourishing. It's on TV. You know, women can have actual careers playing football. Back then, it was still, you know, incredibly male-dominated, and it wasn't very, very big. And being a girl at school playing football, to be honest, I was often teased, you know, by the boys. Often throwing the comments, classic comments: "Girls can't play football. This is a man ge- man's game. Girls belong, dare I say, in the kitchen." You know, all of these type of comments. And I guess at the time, I didn't really give much thought to it. Um, I kind of took more of the mindset and view that, do you know what? I'll prove to the boys that my gender doesn't matter on the football pitch. You know, I'll skill them up, I'll I'll score goals, I'll get past them. And it wasn't until, I guess, coming into recruitment, becoming older, becoming aware of biases, stereotypes, discriminations, I realized how wrong those comments and that behavior was. To do something I loved and was good at and to be penalized simply because of my gender, that just felt so wrong. And I think it really hit me about If I'm experiencing that from simply doing a sport, how may other people be experiencing general life? And that really hit home for me. And I think in combination with a lot of the challenges I was hearing from individuals working in tech, not just women, but from other non dominant groups, it just fueled this passion inside of me to want to try and make a change in any way that I could and to really work to amplify those voices of women and non-dominant groups who are doing amazing work, shining that spotlight, similar to what you're doing with this podcast. And also fast forward going into my recruitment career, I was the only female in my first ever recruitment job for about a year and a half. And back then, recruitment was seen as quite sales-heavy. It's, it's very different now, thankfully, but it was very male-dominated. You know, there was a lot of testosterone in the office. A lot of conversations were had that I probably should not have heard. You know, office banter—they uh, like to to call it—and. I think I definitely noticed some challenges being the only female in a business for such a long time. It wasn't an awful experience. I learned so much and I was actually really well supported in some cases. But I also felt quite lonely in a lot of instances, not necessarily having somebody to talk to um, understanding more from an empathetic perspective or or an emotional perspective. And I guess that really hit home for me as well, speaking to women who were being the only female in their tech teams. I could kind of relate to that in a way. Yes, not being hands-on with tech, but being the only female in a business.
1: Yeah, I mean, as a, I, mean I, I, I manage an under-9s team, obviously at grassroots level, and it's like, you know, what I see, even at grassroots level from from a you know, boys' perspective, is that you see girls now joining football teams that are all boys because um, basically football academies for girls going, can you go and play in a boys team because that help basically build them phys- from a physical perspective playing against boys. Mm. And then you got all the little boys going, well, why is the girl playing in the boys team? And then you have to kind of have that conversation with them. So even at like a, a lower, a younger age, you have to you know, basically say, like, this is why and explain. So hopefully when you explain that to them, then as life goes on, you know, that, that whole Stereotypical thing, basically, you
0: know, will start disappearing. Sorry. I mean, f- football's come a long way now, anyway, especially with the Women's Super League and um, and many teams such as Arsenal, like Arsenal, where you was at. Um, I'm an Arsenal supporter, but they, like, you know, they're they they've got a really great, good women's program, one of the yeah. best, um, one of the best teams, uh, women's teams ever. Um, you know, but they've done little things. Oh, good, good
1: Chelsea because
0: they I think we're top of the league at the moment, to be fair. Yeah. Pretty sure we are, um, but <laughs> so and I, I, even talking about that, I, th- I think is great. I mean, ten years ago, like um, I probably wouldn't have known where Arsenal were and and the Arsenal women's team were are in the league and stuff and, and stuff like that. So how that's driven is is is, is quite good as well. And um, I regularly listen to the Ian Wright um, podcast. And they're talking quite a lot about um, the Arsenal women's team and stuff like that. But little ranges like Arsenal used to be called the Arsenal ladies team. They dropped the ladies, didn't they? It just become Arsenal FC. But just women, just uh, they call it Arsenal women's team, just because they're just a women's part of Arsenal FC. They're no longer the Arsenal ladies team. And I think quite a lot of different teams followed suit as well. Um, sorry.
2: Yeah, definitely. I mean, it's great to see how it's evolving. I think with everything, with with every aspect with tech, it's it's certainly changing as well. But yeah, especially with football. Actually, Leah Williamson, who's in the Arsenal first team, I played with her for two years where, when I was younger. So it's really nice to see people going now in the first team and doing really well and and you know, taking having that as a career, as a profession. Because like I say, when when I was younger, the idea of actually having a career as a footballer was completely unheard of. I yeah. had this dream that I was going to go to America on a football scholarship and study at university. And because of where football was at and the prospects of actually having a career.
1: So obviously, you know, we know obviously why you've basically done the things that you've done, because you've come diversity. I mean, driving forward, I mean, obviously you said you set up a new business. So obviously the mission statement is you know, getting more Diverse uh, technical teams into you know organisations. How much of a challenge is that? I mean, how hard is it to basically? Get, do you, do you get approached to do that, or do you have to basically basically go and sell yourselves to you know get that work?
2: Yeah. So a lot of businesses want diversity, right? They want inclusive cultures, but they're having a lot of challenges. So we've been quite fortunate over the years. We've built such good relationships with. People and genuinely cared about humanizing things and really building meaningful partnerships. So We've been quite fortunate where connections that we've had from six years ago, five years ago, we've been able to utilize those and to get in touch with these organizations and to really better understand, first and foremost, how their diversity and inclusion looks, and if there's anything we can do to add value. it kind of works both ways. There are challenges for sure. It's certainly not easy. But for us, like I say, what's really the most important thing with our business is community that community piece and that really working with nonprofits in mentorship, in facilitating workshops to try and better engage more diverse individuals to actually pursue a career in STEM or also to continue that as well. Because this is the problem we have. Uh, yes, we have a lot more people that are gaining interest in technology and choosing computer science as their um, courses, which is amazing. But we're seeing a lot of the issues being that, for example, women, when they come into their career in tech, this is where the retention problem happens. So this is why building these cultures of inclusion with that sense of belonging is so important because, yes, you can dive higher diverse individuals, and that's important, right? And that's what we're trying to do. But without those key ingredients of having an inclusive culture, with it being equitable, with feeling like you belong, the diversity just doesn't even really flourish. So it almost counteracts what you're doing because these people won't stay in your business and you'll end up losing them.
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I know in Fujitsu we we were trying quite hard to you know build a culture around that and basically support. Um, about women in tech teams within Fujitsu. I know mm-hmm. one of my colleagues is a part of that. And I'm, I'm going to try and start getting involved a little bit more to, you know, share my experiences through this podcast that I've done. Because um, it, it is important. And so yeah. I'm, 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 I'm from a diverse background, I've mentioned before. Um, and I've got my soapbox And a good night, at the uh, South Coast Summit. <laughs> 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 but, but yeah, I mean, my, my background, my heritage, I'm, you know, I've got Jamaican roots. So, you know, when, talking to people about, you know, coming from very much a working class background and having the challenges from a, a diversity perspective. You know, I'm very much understanding of that because obviously I see it through my own family tree, so it's, you know, massively important to me. Yeah, yeah. please
0: please don't mention we're two white guys doing this podcast again.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I don't want another 20 minute run.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I
1: think it's, it's important though, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's having, having that conversation, you know, we've been asked quite a few times why are two guys basically doing a podcast about women in tech? And it's basically the fact that, you know, we as individuals know that we need to do more in the community space to help get more women into tech, because we're both in organizations where in our technical teams, we don't actually have enough technical women. It'd be great to basically change that. But as I always keep saying as well, just because the term women in tech is there doesn't mean you have to be technical, it can be obviously being non-technical as well. So mm-hmm. just having, you know, all them you know, spinning plates and making sure you've got the, the right mix within any organisation.
2: Definitely. I, I And again, I just want to say what you are both doing is, is absolutely incredible. And we need more people like you to continue shining that spotlight because I think sometimes guys also can hold themselves back from getting involved in speaking about diversity, equity and inclusion topics because they feel really out of their depth. They feel like it's a space where they don't belong, where they don't know anything about it. And actually just having an interest in wanting to make a change is all you need. You don't need to be an expert in this space to drive inspiration and to make someone's day and to advocate for somebody and be their voice. For me, I'm certainly not an expert in DE and I I haven't been to university and studied the many courses that you can do. But I think it's that passion that keeps me going and that genuine interest to want to make an impact. So I think just from you both Having your podcast, this can hopefully inspire other men to be talking about it and to be sharing their stories and speaking up because you both are role models for guys within the DNI space as well. So thank you for what you both do.
0: No problem. Like as I said to (laughs) Andrew the other day, like I kind of do get like a bit embarrassed, like about kind of like I don't care, I don't. I didn't set this out to be an ally and all that type yes. of stuff. And I, I, I've got my soapbox the other day about it. Like I just do this. I think it's a, it's a, I like doing a podcast. I like chatting to to, um, to, to women within the tech. Cause there's so many great stories out there. And, um, and yeah, like if, if we do things to make things a little bit better for somebody or we, or we, we broadcast a story that, that needs to be heard. Then, then I think that's just a, a, a good consequence of what we do. Like if you yeah. go, I mean, so yeah, like I don't, I don't want to be kind of like, oh, I'm an ally. <laughs> no, 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 it doesn't like, It's not me. Right? <laughs>
1: but, See, you for know. me, as long as you basically help at least one person that basically listens to one of our podcasts and then basically goes on and does something great, then we've done our job.
2: Yeah, yeah, that resonates so much. That is literally what I say when I'm working on like our podcasts and and a lot of the initiatives we're doing for the community as well, like literally. If you can help one person, that's all that matters. And I think that's what keeps you energized to want to keep doing these things as well and, and just keep running with it.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously, me and John have basically, you know, very much been together, created this brand and basically got it running. And we're trying to obviously do more with it as well, because obviously we've got the podcast now. Um, yeah, I'm going to basically drop in there. We've got a user group um, happening next month. So we should just sing <laughs> this episode we released just before it. So. Um, That'll be on the 16th of Feb. Um, user group, and it was trying to basically, you know, move the podcast on more because obviously we wanted to still do this. This is this is our core. This is you know this is what we do. We talk to people, but also want to show the technical parts of things that we do as well. So we're going to we've got a technical user group and we start running. And
0: also, that the user group isn't going to be just um, just female speakers. It's going to be kind of everyone, it's open to everyone. Like as it's system, diverse. Like, it's word, diverse. Yeah.
2: <laughs> Love that the evolution. It, it's great how it can literally start from a podcast and then you build it out onto something so much bigger. And I wish you both the best of luck with that. It sounds really exciting.
1: And I say, like me and John, literally when we sat down, um, just looking at our guest list, I mean, we keep saying we've got so many guests basically lined up that we just basically spoke to and said, like, you know, we want to get you on the podcast, and they've agreed. And then we've got this whole like long list of people. I'm like, yeah, if I keep doing it every two weeks, we've got up to, like 2023. You know, that's quite a long, it's quite a long time to keep this podcast going, but you know, we'll keep we we'll doing it. And I say, I'll, I'll be here in my slippers and you know, grey hair, my beard even more, basically. <laughs> And speaking to people because I enjoy doing this conversation. so it's helped me, it's helped John, and hopefully, it's helping other people as well.
2: Yeah, you can learn so, um, so much, you, you really can. And um, I just wanted to understand from both of your perspectives what, what do you feel has been like the biggest challenge through setting up the podcast and keeping that going, and just having that resilience to keep making content?
1: Boom.
0: At first, it was kind of getting people on board, I think uh, people were like getting the, the word out for the podcast. but some of the guests that we've had have been really fantastic for that, like helping to drive like people to the Spotify, YouTube, please subscribe and um, <laughs> and um, that, kind of getting a message out there, but also overcoming the obstacles of, yeah, we are one white guy and one mixed race guy doing the uh, <laughs> so, getting the um. Yeah, let's like about women in tech. And you know, like that's that's the subject that we're talking about at the moment um, and what we will be for the for the foreseeable future. But
1: like, you know, I mean, it very much started. Obviously, I reached out to people that I knew would be very receptive on the podcast, mm-hmm. um, you know, who wanted to basically, you know, share their stories. And then once we did that a couple of times, it then got very easy to have that conversation with people going, well, this is our podcast. Have a listen to it. Oh, oh yeah, that sounds brilliant you know, let's do something. And then it's just kind of like snowball from there. And it's just made things so so easy. I mean, some of the guests we've had on, I I never in my wildest dreams. And me and John basically sat down and started talking about doing this podcast that I'd expect to have on. So some of the the big hitters from Microsoft over in Corp didn't expect them to basically come and join us. But, you know, as I keep saying, I'm quite a, a, a bit of an annoying person, probably because of my ADHD. I just literally reached out directly to them, find their email address, went, do you have to do this, and let's come back, and went, yes, let's do it. And
2: you know, yeah. that's
1: fantastic guests on, and, and I'm that's... still annoying people today to see if they want to come on.
0: But being embraced by the community as well has been really good. Like, I want to say embrace, maybe a bit of the wrong word, but like the people that have wanted to come on board have been like so willing like, to, to share their stories as well, which has been. Been amazing for us to listen to so to be fair like even if no one listened to listen to the podcast we had no one listening whatsoever like even me and andrew being able to take away the stories has been like the positive out of it as well so
2: Definitely. Like, yeah. yeah i think you would be surprised at how supportive the community can be especially where you have such a clear mission and a clear goal of what you're trying to achieve everyone almost comes together, you know, when it comes to diversity, equity and inclusion, it's a team effort. We all have to do our bit. We all have to support one another. So that's what's really refreshing, I find about working in this space as well. It's that support. It's that constant inspiration that you get from just hearing someone's story, hearing how they've overcome adversity as well. I think that it's really important.
1: Yeah, I mean, some of the things that we've heard from previous guests, is like, you know, they, they shouldn't ever, have to experience anything like that when they're, they're getting trolled over Twitter and all the different platforms they're on. It's like, really, you know, we're in a world where, you know, people should know better, but they don't. And you, you see that across the board in just every walk of life. It doesn't make a difference if it's in tech or not.
2: It's really sad, actually. I, I saw there was a tweet um last week and it was a dude and he tweeted something about having an issue with a a Muslim woman in tech community group. And he um, really was derogatory about it. And it was just so sad and shocking to see something like that posted so openly on Twitter for the world. And yeah, there was a lot of women replying back to him and uh, kind of really unhappy with what he said. And it's just such a shame that we're still in this space. We have a long way to go. You know, not everyone is on board with this mission. And a lot of people have a problem with having uh, women-led employee resource groups, women events. But I think as long as you're making it really clear that, yes, this is for women, it's empowering women, women will be taking the stage. Anybody can attend if you're interested in hearing more about the journeys of a woman in tech, if you want to learn how you can better support a woman in tech. So I think as long as we're just making it open to other people to be attending and, and coming to the stage. That's important as well.
1: Yeah. I mean, one of the things that I keep basically saying to people is like any Women in Tech event, just because it has the wording Women in Tech, basically it's open to men attending as yeah. well. I mean, when we spoke to uh, members of the WIC community in the UK, it's like, yeah, we run these events, but you know, we're open to males attending as well. And I see it with like, the Women in Teams community. Um, yes. Very much says so that women in teams, so you know, women that work in Microsoft Teams. But you know, I'm a part of that group and there's others as well. Um, from the male perspective, they're in there. especially basically supporting and giving a voice and actually delivering sessions. So, you know, it's very much everyone has to basically rally around everyone and support each other moving forward.
2: Yeah, so important. On on the topic of um, meetups and events actually. So about five years ago, I started hosting face-to-face tech events um, in Sweden, actually. And what I noticed is that the first few events, they were very male dominated. There was very few females, even when we proactively reached out to women to invite them to the event, to to come along. And at the time, these events, they had just a male panel of speakers. So what I made my mission on, on the next event that we hosted was to, Bring a female, bring a female to the table, bring her to present and to, to share her story and her journey. And uh, I made it my mission to secure somebody, which I did, uh, a lady called Sonia, who at the time was CTO at Doctrine. She's an incredible lady, and she shared a story on NLP within the MedTech space. And it was just so eye-opening to see the difference in the attendees at that event. When we were promoting it and we'd done the marketing piece for it, there was probably 50% females that actually arrived at that event. So I think that also highlights like the real difference in having a diverse lineup of speakers, as well as like leaving it very open to attendees that anybody can come along as long as you're passionate or interested in this space.
1: Yeah, I definitely agree with that. I mean, obviously when we delivered our session, South Coast Summit. It was very much a mixed room of people. There was females in there. There was males in there. There was a mixed uh, you know, ethnicities in there as well. It was great to have that, that blend of different people and even people basically standing up and saying, "You oh, know, I want to help. I want to support more." And hopefully, Touchwood submit a session to the European SharePoint Conference. So hopefully, we get accepted for that and a nice trip over to Copenhagen. would be nice. For Christmas, get some Christmas presents for the missus. but um, yeah, hopefully you know if we get that session. It'd be great to go over there and do exactly what we've done in the UK over there as well, and basically get more people involved because you no, know, this is just not a, a UK message or a European yeah. message. No, it's a global thing that everyone
2: has to do something. Certainly, yeah. I mean, we're we're very happy to help in any way that we can. And we actually partner with a business in Copenhagen called Hack Your Future, Denmark. And they are a non-profit initiative. I'm not sure if you've heard of them before. I don't know. No. So what they do is it's not just women, but they support refugees, asylum seekers, and people from disadvantaged disadvantaged groups who don't necessarily have access to education and to the Danish labor market. And what they do is they provide boot camps for them to become web developers or data analysts. And um, we've been able to mentor some of their students and support them in preparing them for the wild, I guess you could say, the job market and helping them with their CVs. But there's a lot of great initiatives in, in Denmark as well, if you wanted to get connected with them when you are in Copenhagen.
1: Awesome. So we've very much talked on um, your past, present, so what's the future hold for Ellie?
2: Yeah, so the future is very much, Doing all things equal IT, living, breathing, diversity, equity, inclusion, working with the community, and just continuing to partner with nonprofits who are doing amazing work, just mentoring individuals to help them on their journey into technology from disadvantaged groups. So, really working on that community piece and building our brand as well and we've actually soon to be launching our podcast um equal inspired as well so i'm really excited about that to get back recording interviews with women with allies in tech and just amplifying their voices so hopefully many many podcasts down the line we can look to i guess replicate what you're now looking to do with user groups and meetups and who knows maybe we can do some collaborations meetups
1: that'd be cool, yeah that'd be cool you know john you know, you know, you know, is not the word allies but you know just want to be an ally because it's all, it gets all oh. embarrassed <laughs> i'll just be i'll just be i'll
0: just, I'll just come along as
1: me <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just here to support that's it that's what's what all about cool yeah. well i think we're very much close to our normal 45 minute uh, cut-off point so um yeah it's been very interesting hearing from you know, a different perspective especially from uh, you know a recruitment uh, background of. How you try and do more with uh, the community and the whole D and I, the uh, E and I. Um, so yeah, thank you very much for you know, taking the time out to speak to us today.
0: It's it's brilliant also to have another another someone else with a completely different background. Footballer ticks off um, another um, thing from the list. We've had um, so many different yoga teachers, Pilates teachers. We've had. Uh, <laughs> People have all divorces, pharmacists. pharmacists, like everything, dancers. Like dancers, actors, everything, everything that you could probably have. And Footballer is a new one on, one on the list. Amazing,
2: <laughs> <laughs> love that. Well, thank you for having me. Like I say, it's been so great speaking with you. And um, yeah, I'm really excited to continue following all your episodes.
0: Thank you very much, Eddie. Thanks for having us, for being here, and um, we'll see you guys next time on the Microsoft Spotlight
1: Podcast. Take care, guys. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. Please make sure you hit that like, share, and subscribe button to help us promote our message. You can also follow us on Twitter at MSFT Spotlight, and we're also on LinkedIn, the Microsoft Spotlight Podcast. And finally, we'd like to tell you a little bit about BitTitan and thank them for sponsoring this podcast.
2: Remote migrations start here. Let MigrationWiz do the work for you. It's fast, secure, and 100% SaaS which means you can migrate at any time and from anywhere. Migrate mailboxes, documents, public folders, personal archives, or even Microsoft Teams with just a few clicks. No special training needed and no customer downtime. When the work matters, choose MigrationWiz.